Look around you. That car you're driving, that house your family lives in, making your daughter laugh, inspiring her to dream. You did that. Teaching your son to drive, teaching him he can be anything, all you. And your dreams for tomorrow, you'll do that too. Legacies don't just happen, they are made by you. The important word being you. American Family Insurance, protecting your dreams as you achieve them. Insure carefully, dream fearlessly. Products not available in every state. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies. American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change and withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Joker wins Oscars, Birds of Prey flops, and WB banks that Harley Quinn will do better. All that and so much more, including your questions, answered right after this mystery dynamic ad that even we do not know the contents of. Especially we. <laughs> Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. Welcome into DC On Screen episode 582. I am David C. Robertson. This is my trusty co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. <laughs> we are DC On Screen, where we discuss the DC Comics multiverse on film and television, give honest opinions on projects upcoming in the past, and believe that every version of a property is valid, even if we don't want it to be. If it's been released, it is fair game. So beware of spoilers. Welcome to the show. Man, this has been a weird week. Been, been uh, interesting. Been an interesting few days, yeah. Gosh, I guess we're going to jump into that in just a second. Uh, but first... Hey, yet another siren in the background in case that didn't come out in post. Oh. Because it's been yeah. raining for a week. Mm-hmm. And people <laughs> don't remember how to drive. I'm okay with it, man. It's some of the best sleep I've had in a while. I'm good. I like that part of it. Yeah. And the leak that I've been fighting for the better part of a year, um, I think I finally got that fucker under control. So I've been kind of mm-hmm. gloating about like, yeah, bring it. Come what may, Ray. Come what may. And I rent. So, you know... One of my, one of my favorite stand up uh, jokes is from Mitch Hedberg when he talks about how he lives in an apartment. Mm-hmm. So they should have just like an, a, a a renters depot instead of a Home Depot where it's just a bunch of people standing around going, "I don't do shit." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Oh, uh, somebody told me a uh, somebody told me a really bad joke earlier. It sounded like Mitch Hedberg. I just wanted uh-huh. to see if if you remember this one because it really sounded like his style. Okay. Let me make sure I remember this. Okay. Um, I went to a zoo the other day. It only had one animal. It was a shit zoo. That's pretty good, but I don't think it's his. It feels like his, though. It does. It does feel like, yeah. Like, if I turned on the stoner real hard and had a few drinks, I think I could maybe channel it. <laughs> yeah. But I, it's It would go right into his arsenal seamlessly. <laughs> and that joke, when somebody told me it worked today, made me laugh way harder than I'm proud of. <laughs> <laughs> I was so proud of it. It's got great word economy. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Man, Hedberg, though, you know, he was one of those guys, like, 
I every time I bring up one of his jokes, I always go, "Oh man, it's like my favorite joke of his." Mm-hmm. Even though they're always different jokes. Oh yeah, he's just oh man, he, he has, was just all all together. Even like even on his second album, he's like, "Hey, I said I had this joke on my first album, but I added a line to it, so I can't rob you of this one." <laughs> <laughs> One of the only comedians ever who would just be like, I had to detect a line. Bear with me. It'll be worth it. <laughs> and then after he says it, he goes, that was the extra line. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. That was the extra line. Yeah, he had a, he had a way of, I don't know. He had a dialect about him. God bless. Beautiful soul. Mm. All right. So... <clears throat> uh <laughs> Firstly, I guess it was the second, secondly now, uh, I was, yeah, huge thank you to all of our patrons who uh, keep the show a going with your hard earned money. Mm-hmm. Um, that is, that's actually uh, not a prerequisite though. That it'd be hard We don't, yeah, we don't just accept hard earned money. No. We also accept filthy lucre. Mm-hmm. I just Lottery money. You, yeah. Uh, any kind, really. <clears throat> Absolutely. Ill-begotten gains. Don't tell us which Trust one fund. it is. I just, I, I don't want you, I don't want to know. I just, I don't need that ethical dilemma in my life. <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I just need to be like, hmm, I bet they worked hard for this. <laughs> Sweat of their brow. <laughs> I, I think unless you're like killing transients for body donation funds or something, I, I'm, I'm okay. Yeah, you do you. And I mean, I'm okay with even that. <laughs> Our desperation does not yet exceed that, Mark. Go for it. Yeah, yeah. I, I think I think really realistically, one of our patrons could probably come to us and just be like, "So to get this money, I killed the poor." Oh, well, how many? <laughs> just three poor. Oh, well, that seems acceptable. Well, my boss told me to put it into the computer. So this is becoming a, a reference <laughs> to a Mitchell and Webb look sketch. No, uh, yeah, I could see me at least <laughs> sitting in the corner with my instinct, just narrowed eyes, being like, "Were they at least unhappy, poor?" Oh, they were so unhappy. Okay, okay, that helps. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Okay, gave him peace. Fly, birdie, fly. If if you guys haven't seen Kill the Poor, by the way, the the Mitchell and Webb look sketch, you should so absolutely go to good. go to Netflix. Type that in. Like, just just put it to the computer. Just, <laughs> just see if killing the poor would help. It's such a good bit. What was it? it was like Jesus, Anne. We <clears throat> <laughs> we found out that childhood brothels would help, but we didn't do that, did we? <laughs> well, that's the big the big turn in the bit is it, it's the one guy somewhat apologetically being like, "Well, I'm just saying we try it. it. Just put it in the computers." And the other person saying, "Eventually, the twist is, well, we tried this other thing that we put in the computers, and it didn't help at all." And the guy gets indignant. Now, I, like, I didn't say do it. I just said put it in the computer. <laughs> like, so you're saying that if it would help, if it did help, you'd kill all the poor. You know, fucking terrible British right now. <laughs> <laughs> now even I'm offended. Now, I, yeah, yeah, it's good. It's good stuff. Good bit. Good bit. Um, all right. So <laughs> now that we've squandered seven minutes of these poor people's lives, yeah. um, <laughs> welcome. We do have a we do have a new patron this week. Thank you and welcome to J. Scotty St. Clair. Dude's Hello. a long time listener. He's been supporting the show in spirit for many a year, almost since the beginning, as far as I could tell. Uh, That's my recollection. Yeah. Thank you, kind sir, for everything, the least of which is your very fine cash, which we now accept. Welcome one more time. Thank you. One more time. A redundant welcome. (laughs) Our over to... Huh? Time for some news. Yes, news. We're doing news now. 
Uh, all right. So I know we said we were going to push this back from here on, but um, you know what? It just kind of works to do it this way. This week, uh, Joker, man. First off, the Oscars were last night. We don't give too much of a damn about the Oscars, honestly. I think we but, joked about this, actually, that we it's like, oh, well, I don't care unless he wins. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the first thing that got my attention uh-huh. was all the news articles talking about how uh, they credited, like, look, Joker was nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay, and it didn't win, but it was credited as being based on characters by Bob Kane, Bill Finger, and Jerry Robinson, and that's just, that's amazing. That's excellent. Good job, Oscars. Great research there. Yeah. Um, it did win for best original score. And was, I did see the adapted thing. And the question I had was like, well, from what? I thought it, I thought an adaptation and this just may be a gross misunderstanding of my part. I thought an adaptation had to be like a, a specific piece of literature of some kind. Well, you would think. But yeah, I mean, a lot of people say that on online and stuff. But I mean, I don't know the rules, well, and I feel like what they're you, pretty fluid. What do, you, what do you say for comics, man? I mean, well, all this yeah, shit's but adapted. Even then, like if you if if you said it, uh, it was like from Azarello's The Joker or something. It was like that's mm-hmm. the main. If there was like a primary source, even or something. Well, I, mean, I, th- I think it just 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 the fact that there is source material. Period. I'm I'm gathering, and this is me learning as, as the day went on because I saw the same thing. Um, yeah, I gather that the the lines a lot more blurred than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. I don't really care. I'm just kind of learning. <laughs> just, okay, that's a new thing. Cool, gotcha. So, um, yeah, Joker, uh, <clears throat> Joker. Um, Walking Phoenix won. <laughs> I'm just calling him Joker now. No, that's he how well he for, did. Yeah, he won for best actor for Joker. And, um, you know, Heath Ledger won the same thing. Mm-hmm. And, in fact, someone pointed out that every live-action movie with Joker gets an Oscar. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And, and um not to take away from any of the other ones, because I've loved several Jokers in my life. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, these two are pretty standout. Yes. I mean, uh, no. Ledger's just... It, it, I mean, it went beyond the pale, right? I mean, it was it was a whole new thing. And then this mm-hmm. this did the same thing, but it had the whole filmmaking aspect behind it. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That sort of insinuates that Nolan didn't have any good any filmmaking behind his... No, it was just that this uh, this film was not genre like uh, the other mm-hmm. ones were. I feel you. I had an idea of what you meant. Yeah. Just wanted you to clarify it for the uh, nitpickers and that's fair. Hate mongers. <laughs> I'll be as clear as need be. I'm not a Nolan fan, so I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I feel you a little bit. <clears throat> uh, now uh, he's like, he's one of those where like he's capable of great things, and when he when he's absolutely. great, it's great. Yeah, mm-hmm. but overall, I, I'd rather not. Now, overall, though, I don't know if it's because I don't like Nolan or if it's because I don't like Goyer. I mean, because it's been hard to extrapolate. Yeah, I've seen that Nolan did had Goyer involved, you know. Yeah, I know. It's hard to say. But then uh, Gotham and Constantine both came out of Goyer as well. And did Gotham? I didn't think Gotham. I think I think he was involved in the initial part of Gotham. I think he was involved in like the. uh, the, No, I'm pretty sure. No, I don't think so. I think it was Constantine and Krypton, actually. I know Krypton. You're right. Gotham was uh, Bruno Heller from the start. I know it was Bruno Heller, but I thought he was involved. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's been a few. I years. don't think so. But um, anyway, so Phoenix's win uh, signifies that now that there is two characters ever to earn two different performers acting Oscars, like that's what Joker is now. Wait, that I'm going to that, that sounded awkward. Let me let me try to rephrase. 
So is this the only time that two actors have ever gotten an Oscar for portraying the same role separately? Yes. That. That is what I want to say. <laughs> um, it's one of the only times. Uh, Marlon Brando had won Best Actor Oscar for uh, Don Vito Corleone in The, the Godfather. Mm-hmm. And then Robert De Niro won Best Supporting Actor uh, in 74 for playing a younger version of him in Godfather Part oh, 2. Okay, cool. So, gotcha. Yeah. Not unprecedented. Now, uh, I like. I really liked Joaquin Phoenix's uh, acceptance speech. Mm-hmm. Or a part of it, because like the second half of it, I'm glad, I'm happy for you vegans out there and everything, but it just wasn't my jam. Uh, he just kind of got off on a weird tangent. But yeah, I read that part. It wasn't that far fetched from what he was talking about in general. No, but you know, it was just not not conducive to what I want to talk about. So yeah, I get that. But the part that I really liked, he says, I've been a scoundrel in my life. I've been cruel at times, hard to work with. Many of you in this room have given me a second chance. That's when we're at our best, when we support each other, not when we cancel each other out for past mistakes, but when we help each other grow, when we educate each other, when we guide each other towards redemption. I liked that. That was nice. I forget he quoted uh, one of River's lyrics. I can't remember what it was, but I remember liking it. Mm, Yeah, I didn't put that down either. You saw it, though? It was nice. I I saw it. it. Something, you know, it was it was after the milk portion. It was after it was the how, cow's milk and it. all yeah. of that stuff. I was like, oh, well, what is happening? I wish I remember okay. what that was. It was it was very much that sentiment, though. Um, and he's given a very similar speech about um, he wanted his overall just seems to be <clears throat> and it fits given the movie that he won this for that uh, there's a, a theme of inclusiveness mm-hmm. and uh, like reaching out and uh, forgiveness and, and a little bit of like a humanism kind of thing. Yeah. With all the speeches that I've read of all of his acceptances, which, by the way, at this point are like five. Like, mm-hmm. what are we talking about? SAG, BAFTA, Golden Globe. I don't Globe, even know, man. I have no uh, idea. Emmy and Oscar, I think. I mean, it's been a sweep of, peop- of people that have given him an award for this. Oh, absolutely. Um, but yeah, he's been <clears throat> he's been kind of touching the same places a little bit in all of his speeches, and it's clear what he's aiming at. And, you know, it's a good sentiment. I like, hey, you know, he's, he's you know, speechifying for, for mankind and for animal kind, and uh, seems to be a generally pretty okay human being, if you ask me, but... Uh, you know, I like steak. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, and people will I feel call bad him. About it. People will call him what they want to call him for for saying things. But yeah, it seems like in in general, the the tone was we need to do better by each other, and that seems like a fine sentiment. So call it what you want if you want to, but fuck it, that sounds good to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not mad at him for standing up for what he believes in. No, fuck it, do it. I'll probably you know stop this podcast tonight and go eat steak. Like I really do. I have meat in the in the fridge right now. I'm going to eat. I happen to have a like sweet potato bisque ahead of me this evening, but it has mm-hmm. nothing to do with that speech. That's just what was on the agenda for that. <laughs> I have steak. I happily ate a burger earlier. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's covered in bacon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get it. I'm doing the best version of keto I can. Y'all can kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you you know, you're you're living that restricted life, and and well, mm-hmm. not not trying to not trying to be sad about. It. I like it. Yeah. All right, so... Uh, I, this hmm? one thing that cracks me up. I, okay. I don't have much to say about it except this. It mm. does make me laugh every time I hear about it. Every time you have... Every time an acceptance speech like that happens. And Ricky Gervais even had a, a pretty good play on like, yeah, we don't care about your politics or whatever. Just fucking get up here and thank your producer and your agent and get the fuck off the stage. Okay, funny yeah. line. I laughed. But 
it does crack me up that we literally pay these people to go be someone other than who they are. And for the 45 second speech they have to be who they are, we're like, don't be who you are. Fuck you. Yeah. It, that part cracks me up. The hypocrisy there is, uh, to me, pretty tangible. You're just yeah, supposed to be a fucking plaything. You know, when they don't say anything, it's like, oh, they're not even grateful. They don't even have anything to say. Mm. You just, there's no, there's, it's a no-win scenario in a lot of ways, man. Oh, no. And would it be televisable in any capacity if everyone literally did what would be like the pared down, uh, as he referred to, the cancel culture version of everything? If you just went down, if you just said, you know, okay, fuck it, I'm going to try to please everybody. Walk on stage. Thank you. Walk off stage. You, you couldn't even hear it. It yeah. would... I would laugh my dick off watching because I, I would sit down for that to watch two and a half hours of a bunch of disappointed. <laughs> thank you. And just calmly walk off stage every fucking time. It'd be one of those things like a family guy joke mm-hmm. where like the first couple times it's funny and then it stops being and then it's really funny again. And then after a while, you're just on the floor laughing because you can't believe it's still happening. Yeah, that's how that would play to me. But that's eh, good to have some flavor. You pay well, a bunch I of weirdos say. to be even weirder. Let them have their fucking 45 seconds. Like, the public buys into the Oscars for this to ever happen, tr- like, truly. But I would love it if, like, everyone in Hollywood just said, you know what, we're done with this. And no one submitted their their entrance fees. No one campaigned to Don't be nominated. Don't out to yeah, the nothing private happened. group, nothing. Like, everyone just took a massive shit on the Academy. Oh, it's going to be the streaming universe that does that eventually. Because they've been knocking politely on the door for a minute. And there's a moment, I think, not too far in the future where the the Netflixes and even the Hulus and the Amazon Primes of the world just say, you know, go fuck yourself. I don't care about your fucking awards. Oh, no. The Oscars get progressively lower ratings every year. I think, That's they'll, the other the, thing. I think they're some, going to acquiesce. I, I hear people uh, constantly talk about like, well, they, you know, they just use their platform. Like, what fucking platform? That thing's been whittling down. It's not even a platform. It's a plank now. It's like they're just... <laughs> <laughs> you were you were what's your name at the end of titanic grasping to a piece right. of wood and there right. there is no room for jack i'm sorry how much you it argued is, about that in a forum it's it that small a, it is a plank that sits uh <laughs> atop two cinder blocks it's and nothing. you can you can see like the top 16th of the s that once stood on the soapbox yeah and uh like imagine the brooklyn bridge Mm-hmm. And then imagine when you were a kid and you needed, like, I mean, talking like five years old and you needed to get across a small creek and you probably could have mm-hmm. just jumped, but you thought you were real clever and you grabbed a log and you pushed it over it anyway. And you walked across that and you thought, I'm a genius. That's the ratings now. Mm-hmm. That's, that's that's the true. difference. It's, it's, a, it's a whatever kind of thing. Happy for him that he won. But yeah, we said before, fuck it, who cares? Yeah. Now. Because the segue no longer works after our lengthy discussion. Ah, you know what? Do it anyway. Fuck it. I'm going to go and say, remember how when Joaquin Phoenix says we should help each other grow? Ah, uh, mm-hmm. Speaking mm-hmm. of helping each other grow. Oh, I feel like I know where <laughs> this is going. <laughs> um, Amazon right now has the Joker 4K uh, Blu-ray uh-huh. on sale for $19.99 because of the, uh, the Oscar shit, mm-hmm. you know? And uh, the standard Blu-ray is fourteen ninety-nine. All right, these are all-time lows for these things. Mm-hmm. Now, but here's the thing: if you don't own Joker yet, and you don't want to, you still don't want to spend nineteen ninety-nine or fourteen ninety-nine, but you want it on digital, we can give that to you for free. But here's what you got to do: <laughs> here's the catch: leave us a, a rating and a written review on Apple Podcasts or the podcatcher of your choice, mm-hmm. or 
You can share our show on social media. Give it a good recommendation to folks. And you got to let us know, though. No matter what you do, you got to send us a screenshot or tag us or just somehow let us know that you're entering this thing. But you'll be entered into the contest. And at the beginning of March, we are going to use a random number generator to pick the winner. And depending on how well it goes, we'll probably do this uh, giveaway, this type of giveaway again in the future. So, uh... You know, just just know that if you say like I'm just doing this for the free uh, the free movie, I don't really like this podcast, but I, I like movies. You're disqualified. We're not gonna honor that. Well, but sure. yeah, so um, yeah, that's the thing. We're doing a Joker giveaway, y'all. Mm-hmm. And uh, thank you to DCU Fan Fam on Twitter for uh, offering up the code. Yes. All right, let's let's get to Birds of Prey. Uh, the Birds of Prey, man. Birds of Prey has not done well. And, uh, domestically it's, it's at about 33 million, 33 million, uh, 10,000 internationally, 46, five. Uh, so worldwide 79, five and, um, the tracking estimates were 55 million and WB conservatively estimated 45 million. So it, you're talking, uh, for, for opening weekend. Yeah. So. It, it didn't even do the conservative WB estimate. It is the lowest start since Jonah Hex at 10.9 million. Lower than the 53 million Green Lantern pulled in. You're talking about domestic? Yeah. Yeah, I don't care about that. Uh, well, it's not doing well international either, man. No, I mean, if it got to, what'd you say, the uh, opening? Uh, I didn't look it up. I should have looked it up real quick. Mm. What were the opening numbers for international? Because that's really the only thing that matters to me. 46.5. That's that's not nearly as bad as it sounds. It's pretty bad. I mean, it's definitely not what they were hoping and definitely not what they were projecting, but mm-hmm. not nearly as bad as it sounds. Um, I was curious because the to me, the closest comparable is Shazam. That opened uh, $53.5 million first weekend. Yeah, but well, was that domestic or was that international? That was all together. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Yeah, for a movie that's still made. Hold on. I, I really got to update my sheet. Um... Well, here's the other thing. All right, I'm looking at the numbers, the website I use to do mm-hmm. everything box office-wise. Yeah. Um, domestic box office, it's showing 33 million. International uh-huh. is showing 48. Worldwide box office is showing 81 mm-hmm. for a, a budget of 82. Well, a lot of sources closer to WB are saying that the budget was closer to 100 million. So the looking at 85 to 95 million on the budget, um, a lot of... A lot of uh, these tracking sites and uh, people close to the film are saying it needs to hit somewhere around 250 million uh, to break even. That's internationally. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, Box Office Mojo is saying, you know, the numbers I stated 79.5 for worldwide, 46.5 for international. Uh, let's see. Um, I'd like to see opening weekend. Okay. And like my, the numbers that I wrote down for this episode were higher. Earlier in the day, earlier this morning, we're probably, you know, 500,000 higher in some cases. And then when I checked it again, it had gone down. Like they had adjusted and adjusted down. Yeah, it could have. Um, not trying to be apologetic here about anything. I'm just saying that those. I don't think those numbers are as crushing as some of the press would lead you to believe. Yeah, it needs to have legs. <clears throat> And it needs to have, like, uh, let's say the worldwide box office is right and it's 81 and it needs to get to mm-hmm. 250. Well, that's still 4X. They yeah. still need to do this four weekends uh, in a row. Yeah. 
and, and even you know, you know, given that that's going to not, it's it's not a plateau. It's going to be a, a fall. So mm-hmm. let's extrapolate that to eight. Let's say it needs to do this for two months in a row. That, well, that would mm-hmm. still make a $250 million film. Well, one of the good things is they don't really have much competition for the rest of February. I mean, they're going to have to beat Sonic. Yeah. Sounds um, doable. Because that's just entirely not the same kind of person. Yeah. So uh, Variety was talking to Jeff Bach, uh, an exhibitor relations box office analyst. Mm-hmm. And he kind of broke down what he thought was the misfire. He said um, that Birds of Prey is a niche comic book movie. And the first big problem is they named it Birds of Prey and not Harley Quinn. Yeah, see. He says the first mistake is not focusing on her. She has an IP, so Warner Brothers not naming it Harley Quinn was a huge misfire. And I agree with him. I can't. I can't agree with you. I, well, Warner Brothers does because they have now officially renamed the movie Harley Quinn colon Birds of Prey. Is that official? I saw some rumor is, of it. That is official. Go to Fandango. Go any, is, that is the name of the movie now. Wow. That's sad. This is Edge of Tomorrow. Live, die, repeat. But- uh, I'm curious. Let's see. Birds of Prey. I saw a rumor earlier today. Like I've it, been seeing screenshots on Twitter since we started of people taking taking pictures of their of their different uh, apps and stuff and sites. It does. It says Harley Quinn Birds of Prey. I think it. I think it's absolutely fair. No one, not one person knows what Birds of Prey is. Every person I've said, hey, I went to see Birds of Prey last night. They're like, what is that? No. Here's the sad part. You know what I've heard all day, all week. Mm. And I didn't want it to be like this, but I do work in a pretty uh, specific kind of industry. And I would love it to be another story. But for me, it really has been a matter of like, I have gone, I don't know how many people have gone to and said, look, I I just saw Birds of Prey. It was great. Mm-hmm. And I've had people just kind of just give me that, yeah. like just straight up give me that. And I and the I've had a couple conversations about it and it really was like ah, fucking girl power bullshit. Yeah. There's a huge chunk of people that think this is girl power bullshit and are never going to see this fucking film. The same way they get mad at Brie Larson for saying mm-hmm. some absolutely, to me, justifiable fucking ridiculous thing. <laughs> like like a side comment that could have been taken, I guess, as a certain way, but really wasn't. Yeah. But the same way that people got mad at Brie Larson, I don't see, that's the other thing I don't understand is like, I know it's opening, it's opening figures, but the opening figures for, for Captain Marvel were fantastic. So hard to say it's the same thing. I just, I'm feeling to me when I'm having conversations in my real life right now, I'm seeing the mm-hmm. same sentiment both ways. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, and DC seen... in my life also has a smaller proportion of people that are following it because it's not the big thing. Yes. And look, man, I mean, I've, 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 I work in a, you know, an industry with a lot of angry white male conservative too. <laughs> One guy we who live in is, Birmingham, Alabama. We're going to run into these people on a daily. Uh, one you guy. You cannot pocket yourself enough to not run into these people, nor should you. One guy, he was excited to hear that I did a podcast about mm-hmm. DC. And then I told him I saw Birds of Prey. And he was like, what is that? And I reminded him of what it was. He was like, oh, yeah. Now, this dude is like probably 400 pounds. Like, just big dude. Grossly obese. Yeah. Morbidly. His statement was, oh, yeah, I saw a trailer for that. Margot Robbie looks fat now. Christ. Oh, God. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> and he was like, yeah, I don't know, man. Looks like she had a chin. I ain't going to see that. Oh, Christ. He didn't even care. And he's usually the conservative you know, rhetoric guy who's just... <laughs> 
flat out like you know alt right blathering but oh my god dude she i mean i didn't just, even have anything to say about might that weigh like 105 pounds i mean it's insane. she's absurdly fit yeah like, I, I the don't kind know of what he was fit where you're about. like that can only happen if your job is to be on screen mm-hmm that that's another kind of stupid altogether well look so warner brothers is obviously trying to fix the first thing this, that, that, that a lot of people are saying. And uh, this is the only thing that they can really do at this point. But um, here, here's 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 other problems, all right? Well, hold on. Just a, one more thing on that sure. problem. Okay. What you got? Here's the, the fact that it was... And I, I mean, I enjoyed the shit out of this film. And part of that was because it was creator-controlled content. I got to see somebody's artistic vision. A few people's. And it was pretty fucking fantastic. Mm-hmm. It wasn't watered down, and WB didn't cut the legs out from under it, mm-hmm. or mallet the knees out from under it. In this case, they they let it be, they let it stand, they let it go. That's the kind of thing we should have had from the beginning. But that doesn't. We're not talking about the past as far as that goes. It's just that's an adjustment that I like. But I had I I did see several people kind of say like, well, I mean, they they didn't adjust in pre production or in or, or in production or in post production. Now that it's out, what are they going to do? And apparently, this is the what are they going to do? Yeah. Because they cannot help but meddle. It is not in them not to meddle. Like, I would like to see a world where you didn't rename it to see if that actually helped. I would love to see that A-B experiment type. Yeah. I, um, yeah, I would love to see that. That is a, that is a split test I would love to see. Come on, alternate universes. I know. But, um, let's see that I window. I don't think it'll help or hurt. I just think it shows weakness. And, and I say that knowing that they have improved, like that previously mm-hmm. their, their weaknesses were uh, catching the almighty dollar for whatever it was worth and fuck the director. And now they finally got the director what they need, but now they're going to bow to the marketing people. Like, Look, the, the fact is they were stupid for not calling it Harley Quinn in the first place. Possibly. Yes, the birds of prey are prevalent in the movie, but Harley is narrating the damn film. It is her film. They are the birds are prevalent. They're there. You get a lot of of them, but Harley's literally telling us their story. Yeah, I it mean, should have it, been called Harley Quinn. She has more. She has more. Uh, more oomph in the. Uh, definitely, she is the most marketable character yeah. by a long shot. Anybody in that film, and I'm I'm sorry, I love those characters too, but it's just fact. She is the most marketable person outright. No, it looks Bar bad. No others, but it looks bad for them to rename it. That's the thing. Is I. And I, also, I, I won't harp on it. I'll let you move on here. But I, I just, mm-hmm. my point is, I don't think it's going to help to rename it. And it just, it just reeks of weakness to me. I mean, yeah, it does. I don't think it's going to help though. If I thought it was going to help, I'd be like, yeah, sure, cool. Good, good adjustment. And I, I hope I'm wrong. Like if there's an uptick next weekend, then I'm clearly wrong. Because an uptick is almost unprecedented. Once a movie comes out, it just, it's everything. TV, movies, everything. The chart goes down from the moment it debuts. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it goes up or even stays exactly where it is next weekend, hey, I'll I'll be happy to say I was wrong. But well, right you know, now I think it just looks bad and isn't going to help. Yeah, it. I don't know what else they would do, but it, I think it should have been called that all along. I I would agree there though for sure. It should have been called that all along. Um, it does look like fifty four percent of the ticket buyers were men, and sixty five percent of those were over the age of twenty five. Now that this is where the R rating is going to screw it up because <laughs> all the young girls who love Harley Quinn aren't going to be able to go see this thing. Yeah, and I've seen people fighting back against the idea that well, it shouldn't matter that it was an R rating. I mean, yes, it shouldn't matter in the sense that we shouldn't be talking about it being a flop, mm-hmm. which I, I still I'm not comfortable with that term. I don't like that term yet. The 
it has it did t- uh, more than 10 million less than they conservatively estimated and I that know. is not I good know. that is a it's flop not good according to warner brothers so far now if you so, make... enough that they changed the name of the movie <laughs> To me, if if you at least make your entire budget back in the first weekend, which it looks like they've done, it I don't. It's not at all what you wanted to do. Uh, I don't think that's what I saw. I think that's what I'm saying. Because even if you're right about it being eighty five, ninety, or a hundred million, it's still close. Um, <laughs> it's close. Like we're not, we don't have a Hellboy on our hands here. That's a mm-hmm. flop to me. No, like, yeah, we don't have to a me. Hellboy. Flop is a very big term. Um, and I may just be mincing words there, but still. Uh, that aside, like if, if you make it R, you are limiting your, your viewership. Mm-hmm. Now, most of the time, if, if something's R, you don't have to worry about that because you have enough numbers that it carries it like Deadpool. Right. Um, was not necessarily hurt by this. And j- by the way, just because it's R, it's not like it's NC-17. You can still get in that theater as long as there's an adult with you. Yeah. And look, man, I, I, thinking back on the movie though, aside from F-bombs and a couple of, specifically gratuitous shots i don't i didn't see a reason it should have been r-rated anyway no i genuinely think they could have got away with pg-13 outright but um you know i think we talked about this didn't we on the review like there was uh maybe one of the guys that worked at the theater asked us on the way out because we were at the first showing asked us was like well is there anything sexual and he said it in such a weird fucking accent i I don't know i i didn't understand what he said first couple times uh, but, the way I didn't hear an accent, I, he just seemed creepy. He like he was, little, he, he was a bit off. He was like, if he didn't say this, but it, was it felt like wrong. he was like, "How much titties is in it?" That's what it felt like to me. I, I the way he was saying, <laughs> I, I, I know, I couldn't tell if he was hoping well, he was for hot. titties or if he like had thirteen-year-old girls and he didn't want to bring them to it because there right. might be too many titties and sexual stuff. He was like kind of hunkered over he and had whispering a weird though. tone to him that way, and I, I couldn't yeah. tell. Yeah, yeah, but. If it's he was the one either thing, a pervert or decrepit. I couldn't tell. <laughs> if it was the one thing, and we told him, like, look, there's a lot of violence, like really good, really fun, but really, uh, you know, ultra violence. Um, a lot of cursing. But honest to God, if you, if you are the current owner, we'll call it for lack of a better term, of a 12 year old, mm-hmm. that's probably not the a good way of saying. That, I know it amuses. Okay. It amuses me. Sorry. <laughs> if you are currently in charge. Of a 12 year old. Uh-huh. And you mm-hmm. think that ultra violence or coarse language is something you should shield them from. I'm willing to promise you right now, you're wrong. I say that because whatever you think you're shielding them from, they've already seen. I would argue that, yeah. I, I guarantee it. I, I don't care what you think that they think that you think they don't think. They think it because somebody at their school or somebody when they went on a sleepover showed them that thing. It's already over. You've already lost the battle. Stay ahead of it. Stay on top of these things. Take them to Harley Quinn. Their birds of prey, Harley Quinn, or whatever mm-hmm. it's called now. Mm-hmm. Take them to this movie. Explain mm-hmm. to them <laughs> <I> look, <man. laughs> what is good and bad. Experience things with them. Do not try to shield them. It will not help you. There is a lot you of have lost uh, the battle. Oh, then. and also because it's been this way our entire lives. I'm done after this. I promise. Because we grew up with the internet becoming a thing in general. Here's another thing I promise you. Unless your job is software engineer, and even then, maybe if you think you have them locked down, you're wrong. You don't promise you but whatever thing you think you have that's locked them down where they can't get to stuff on the internet they found a way around it already done it's over took them a day maybe a night maybe less 20 minutes you have lost both those battles just take them to the rated r movie yeah i'm pretty sure i agree with you like i mean if you're homeschooling your kid and you don't let them have access to uh you know technology of any kind 
this shouldn't even be an issue. Why would you take them to a movie anyway? <laughs> it would have to be that level of supervision. Um, there, like, like, supervision to the level that it's not even supervision. It's just like penitentiary level institutionalization. Yeah, there is a uh, there seems there's like and I've God I've I've just I was just talking about this earlier today. Um, CBS All Access. All mm-hmm. right, they they produce Star Trek Discovery and Star Trek Picard. Uh, this is with Discovery is the first time any Star Trek property has used the F word. <gasps> yeah. Um, and then that caused enough of a kerfuffle a couple years ago when it happened. And now on like the first episode of Picard or whatever it was, I think mm-hmm. it was the first episode, uh, Picard goes to Starfleet, uh, headquarters after, you know, some, uh, as yet not completely, uh, <laughs> disclosed backstory of something that he's done. And he asks to, you know, be demoted to captain or something to go do a thing. And uh, an admiral gasps and says, the fucking gall or whatever. <laughs> and all over the Internet, people are rioting because, oh, no, my I can't now I can't watch the sequel to the next generation with my kids because you guys have to put the F word in there. When, and then they, they want to start throwing in stuff like, they're more evolved in Star Trek. Why would they curse? They wouldn't curse. They have cursed in every iteration of Star Trek. From the original series, Bones saying damn, Kirk saying mm-hmm. hell. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Bones was gd it up in, in Wrath of Khan, you know? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, All every, no, every movie. In, uh, a completely uh, tran- tangential property, uh, but Firefly. Mm-hmm. Um, they, instead of using exactly the same words, they just use like a Chinese, uh, American hybrid in the future, like Goran. Well, yeah, but I, you know, I, I think it's, it's because it's specific to Star Trek and they think of Star Trek as being some sort of G rated thing. I know. I'm which, just saying like, that in, you know, in, all right. in another version of reality that's several hundred years in, in advance, um, where things have changed and so, and so, and so, and so, uh, no, people still curse. There's always going to be cursing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's, it's always going to be there. But yeah, one of the things that I kind of brought up on the internet, I was like, look, you know, if you were like back in 96, everyone was like up in arms for the same reasons because they were upset that Star Trek first contact was PG 13. It was the first Star Trek movie to ever be P uh, beyond PG. And, uh, but what's funny is like the motion picture was G, but they cursed the ratings have gotten more sensitive over the years. Yeah. But you know, I, they're like, well, we can't show it to our kids because this PG-13 is too action-y. It's too scary. I promise it's not. Oh my God. And I said, you know, uh, whatever you think your kids <laughs> have look, never heard before, they want- are hearing regularly and using regularly, conversationally, with their friends when they're not around you. Yeah. I I, I want to walk it back from your tone of, tone of voice. <laughs> you're not stupid if you're worried about your kids because that's what it sounded like. I no, you are. You are. <laughs> no. I get it. I get it. They're very special. You want to protect them. It's, right. It's a lost cause. And I'm mm-hmm. not saying just throw them into the wolf's den. I'm just saying, uh, I'm just saying. Just stick a foot in the wolf's den and let whatever the wolf you lick the bottom of his you're foot. You're protecting them from their argument. <laughs> so, point being, and by the way, I think this, to get back off our rant about how children are smarter than us, and that's just a fact of life. Um, getting back to. Not about everything, but you know whatever this movie's called right now um 
Actually, I'm going to say whatever in this movie is called this week because that makes me laugh. Uh, getting back to that, I genuinely do not think, I don't know how many people, but I, sorry, I do think, I don't know how many people it is that there are going to be people who, looking at it, think to themselves, well, I mean, it's it's Harley and she, she looks a certain way. I know she's a villain in a way. Like I know she was, I mean, last time think last time I saw her, she was on the suicide squad. There, there are people that will look at her. Um, and yeah, she looks pretty gangsta in certain ways mm-hmm. and not think to themselves, well, I'm going to take my 12 year old to this movie. I get it. To me, that seems under-researched, like hugely under-researched and, and ill, ill conceived, but we're deep in this for GA. I think if you see this trailer and all you see is her with a bunch of tattoos, beating a bunch of people up. You might Mm -hmm. think, well, I don't know what's going on here. I'm not going to take my 12 year old to this. Yeah. I think if you have looked into it at all, you you have a sense that it's not, it's not what you think it is. Um, It has a lot to do with, uh, there's some really good themes in this movie, frankly, like some really great themes, uh, stuff you should take a 12 year old girl to see Um, specifically (laughs) that, that level of, Hey, you're getting to know the world and you need to know you don't have to live with this kind of guy. Like you need to know emotional abuse, emotional abuse and codependency when you see it. And here's a film about somebody getting over it in whatever fucked up form they chose. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a certain kind of person who's going to wait, see what their friends thought, ask them, come back later. Because again, like I was saying earlier, I've been asked questions about this, but I have been asked questions about this. Um, some of them, well, some of it was when I was saying stuff, I got a little bit of a, to me, a super ignorant response of like, eh, fucking go power bullshit. On the other hand, I had people ask me, so is it bad or no, you, it's fine. Go see it. Don't take take all your people. You're fine. Mm hmm. All right. So a lot of people are, are stating the R rating as uh, keeping a huge section of the young girls from seeing the film. And I think that's probably fair. I don't know. About Absolutely. Huge, but definitely a number, a number. I don't know how big or little, but a number. All right. Well, I mean, you know, 54 percent of the ticket buyers were men. Yeah, no, as it's got to be a pretty decent number. <laughs> 65% were over the age of 25. I guess the only reason I'm in, 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 in emphasizing uh, emphasizing mm-hmm. that is um, that I, I don't want to speculate about, oh, it would have had this amount. I, I don't know what it amounted with that, but mm-hmm. it would have had mm-hmm. a higher number, period. I don't care if it's one ticket seat. It right. would affect it. All right. Uh, now, there was a late embargo date. Uh, usually, if a studio is very confident in its product, it will pretty much bring out the screenings for critics two to three weeks before the film's release. And then the reviews will be allowed, you know, very shortly after to get people all ramped up to buy tickets, which the pre-sales didn't go Well, you couldn't buy a ticket. You couldn't I mean, buy a ticket. They were sellouts. Yeah. You couldn't buy a ticket. No, like three days before the movie actually came out is when they had the, the, the screenings for the critics. Um, and I think Warner Brothers was gun shy. I really think they were. I think they were a little scared because the critics are traditionally pretty shitty to DC films. Yeah, but <laughs> this isn't new for them. Like, I don't I don't think that I was know. a problem. They uh, on two fronts. I don't think that's the issue. Um, one, we literally talked about this. Uh, what is it? Three years ago now? Mm-hmm. Almost three Probably. and a half. I don't know. With Suicide Squad having an embargo that was only up to days before the film came out. Yeah. I mean, this was verbatim almost if we tried to, the discussion we could have about it. Um, it and yeah, it, it, it affected things. Mm-hmm. But I don't think like a couple weeks before is fine as far as ticket sales go. To me, these days, now, like if you if you put out, 
if, if you put it two weeks before the actual release date, mm-hmm. you've got plenty of time. Hell, even a week is plenty of time. Like these sites will proliferate and and clickbait and have into some bastardized form a headline that was a real headline, you know, five or six telephone game uh, junctions ago. Mm-hmm. I mean, that happens in like two hours. But look, man, you know they didn't. Re- they didn't have. We we tried to find tickets for it, and only one theater in town was even listing anything, and you couldn't buy tickets for it. And that, that was like was up weird. to like two days before the movie actually came out. Yeah, that part for me that is the weirdest part of all this is not so much the release of uh, like as far as the marketing goes. That's another mm-hmm. thing people brought up. Um, I'm sure you have this somewhere in your notes, but I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Uh, as far as the marketing, there were trailers. The, there were the requisite amount of trailers. There were the uh-huh. requisite amount of trailers in the right place. Um, there, there were guest appearances by all of the cast on on shows. Mm-hmm. I don't think it was lacking what would be to me like a standard rollout. But for me, when there wasn't like a pre-sale date that I could get to immediately and grab, that was kind of mm-hmm. weird. And then when we were trying to buy tickets literally a week before the fucking film and couldn't, that was really fucking weird. Yeah. I've never seen that in my life. Me either. And you know what? Like this, I completely understand. If we weren't us and we were, honestly, if we weren't doing this show, I would have probably just went, I guess they're not showing it anywhere here. I do. I'd forgotten about it. I, I think it affected the weekend. I'm not sure how, and I'm not sure to what extent, because, you know, I, I mean, there's a spectrum of people who go see something on the first weekend. There are people who have waited for this their entire lives, and they can't believe they're going to get to see it on screen, and they're just mm-hmm. champing yeah. at the bit to find that ticket. And those people would have been annoyed, as we were, but would have been determined. And, you know, we were probably sitting in the theater with a couple people like them. But, you know, the other end of the spectrum is people who saw one trailer, looked for a ticket real quick, and went, hmm. That's fucked up and fucking forgot about it and moved on with their lives. Plan something yeah. else for that evening. Absolutely. But honestly, like, I don't know where marketing screwed up exactly, but, and I do think that the Harley Quinn name is a huge deal because people that I work with, people that I know who are like, Hey, so what's the next big DC movie coming out? I'm like, birds of prey is coming out like tomorrow, man. What are you talking about? They're like, what is that? They don't know what Birds of Prey is. I'm like, Harley Quinn, man. Harley Quinn and... and oh, shit. I didn't know about that. Like, people who love Suicide Squad that I work with are like, oh, my God. I didn't know this was a real thing. I'm not going to be able to go this week. And then when I, you know, come back to work after seeing it, they're like, what was it? How was it? And I'm like, oh, it was great. Like, oh, yeah. Okay, good. I'll have to try to figure out a way to get that. I, did, I had no idea it was even coming out. No one knew it was coming out. Yeah. Oh, and uh, something else that has to do with the marketing. Um, this that is I, Star Trek Beyond all over again. <laughs> I didn't get to look at this, but I'm curious. Um, I got a notification earlier from uh, my Google Assistant of whatever fucking variation this is. Sent me a notification that just said, new trailer for you. And I thought, okay, well, what do you mm-hmm. got? I'm kind of new to Google Assistant. We're, we're, we're getting to know each other. I, I scroll down a little bit. It says, uh, Birds of Prey. Uh-huh. And I didn't have time. It's, it's, I've been busy at work. I have not had time to look at stuff if it happens to come on my phone. It just gets swept aside, and if I don't remember it later, I haven't had time. Mm-hmm. But that was one of those where a lot of bells went off in my head. Like, why is... Like, my phone knowing that I would watch this makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. My phone thinking that I haven't seen this trailer is, is just, you know, dumb phone. <laughs> it's just dumb phone syndrome. Sending me the trailer. There being a new trailer 
to trigger a Google News alert to tell me that there is a new trailer mm-hmm. a week after the fucking films come out or several days after the films come out. Yeah, that was weird. That and I that actually to, might be a, a Warner Brothers push to like make people remember it's happening. I, I think it was on, on two fronts. I think it was either a Warner Brothers push and a, a, a send it back out to the uh, you know the trailer house people for a, for a redo, mm-hmm. or they could have just aired the same damn trailer with a fucking different title. Yeah. Because I haven't I haven't been able to look into any of that. I like I saw whispers of what you were saying earlier, and and uh, I haven't heard that it was real until you just told me a minute ago. Oh yeah, no, it's real. It but is. It, absolutely. it could be just them re-releasing the same trailer and giving it a push enough that it showed up on my assistant, which by the way, yeah, yeah. is set to the minimal amount. Like I basically have my Google Assistant set to only tell me something if it's life or death. Mm-hmm. And it still popped up on my notifications. Hey, new trailer for you. Which means it bypassed all of the previous restrictions. Well, I think my I think something something in my house is listening to me. I just went to YouTube to see if they've uh, uploaded a, a new Birds of Prey trailer under the Harley Quinn Birds of Prey uh, title, and the first thing up on my on my YouTube was Mitch Hedberg. I was like, I haven't even listened to any Mitch Hedberg in a long time. I just mentioned him <laughs> earlier. This is scary. Yeah, so far it looks like they're still they're still calling it Birds of Prey on uh, on on YouTube as far as trailers are concerned, but um. Yeah, but those are post-dated. You can't really change it once it's posted, unless you go back and do it specifically. I mean, you can change the title of any video you have. Wait, you said Warner Brothers official I'm trailer? S- yeah. Well, yeah. I've s- that, see, that's so weird for marketing purposes. Like, I don't know. It, it, that would be... It feels like, administratively, if you told me, we're going to change the title of this film that came out several days ago, I would tell you to go fuck yourself, because I'm going to go climb off a high bridge before I do that. Because mm-hmm. that sounds like a fucking nightmare. Yeah. I've seen a lot of people say it now, but the first thing I thought of was Edge of Tomorrow, which was a fantastic film. It really was. Uh, and they You're it didn't do bell, well. though. What what happened there? Uh, it I can't remember. Was, it was Tom Cruise. I remember that part. The, he wakes up uh, again after he dies every time. Yeah. And then they changed the title of it to uh, Live, Die, Repeat. Oh. And I wasn't aware of this until I saw it on the shelves at Walmart. And I was like, oh, that's so lame. Someone already made like a, a stupid knockoff of Edge of Tomorrow. I thought, and then you I saw thought, it and were like, no, nope, that's I was it like, now. Nope, that is Edge of Tomorrow. They just changed the name of it to, and then they did, did it again. They changed it to, you know, live, die, repeat, Edge of Tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we got to tie it in. <laughs> There's no SEO to like a, a DVD title. You got you to gotta put it mm-hmm. in there if you want it. Yeah. And I was just like, you know, I... I actually kind of liked the uh, the original book title, All You Need Is Kill, but whatever. It's not bad. <laughs> it's not bad at all. kind of serves it's, both purposes. It's uh, dumb, but it makes me laugh. I think Universal it's probably memorable. wanted to do that when they initially named the movie The Mummy. Mm-hmm. And after like 14 people showed up to watch it, I think they probably wanted to name it uh, Tom Cruise is in this, please come watch. Uh-huh. Uh, none of those worked. Which mummy has always been a weird title for me with that creature, you know? It's a, should should it be called the Daddy? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you're on probation. I've given you a warning card. Whatever take, sports metaphor you want. I take your warning card and uh, happily tuck it between my butt cheeks. I would too. I get it. Uh, so some people are, are stating the coronavirus as a as a possible. <laughs> I don't think it was going to open in China anyway because of the R rating. 
but a lot of people are saying. I, don't, I mean, if you theaters closing in China, bucks on it, I would say no, probably not because yeah. of the R rating. But they are a little iffy. Yeah, but apparently, you know, theaters closing in China because of the coronavirus. But they uh, possible. In my memory, China generally opens like a couple weeks after anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I don't. I, I think, think it what, would have affected this weekend. I do think what probably. I mean, I'm sure there was some sort of effect, but. What I do think is is a pretty legitimate thing for why it might not be doing well so far is because this is Oscar's Oscar weekend and uh, people are going to see nominated movies. No, that's such a small subset. And also, it doesn't fit with what we were saying earlier. Like, I don't the ratings for the Oscars continually dwindle. Yes, but people are still like people who don't even watch the Oscars go, oh, that's nominated. Hmm, maybe I should see that. It's nominated for an Oscar. You st- you hear it in lines at the movie theater. People are like, "Oh yeah, he was nominated for an Oscar for that." Who cares? I get it. It's still uh, so that's prevalent right now. Marker, what I'm saying, but I that's I don't think prevalent. it's going to pull away substantially from sales. Dude, Knives Out won't even leave theaters. Yeah, but it, <laughs> it's been there for months. I get it. Yeah, I think that might have had something to do with it. I Not still partially want to the see majority, it, but. I'm not saying it's the main reason. I'm just saying it's a lot of little. It's the death by a thousand cuts, man. Yeah, yeah. possible. Um, like like I said before about uh, if it took one seat, then it it is valid. Yeah, I'm sure it did take at least one seat. Mm-hmm. Um, that being said, though, like I, me and uh, uh an old roommate, Rob of mine. Uh huh. His name was Rob. Um. Yeah. He uh he and I did an experiment. We took all of the Oscar nominated films that year. And watched every one of them just to see if we cared. And we never did the experiment again because we could not have given two shits. It was terrible. Yeah. It was the year of uh, atonement, Eastern promises, there will be blood and something else. I can't remember. Mm-hmm. And probably something else. I can't remember. We watched them all. Those were the only three. And out of all of those, I thought atonement was at least a neat take. Fun movie. There will be blood can blow itself because there was none. And there were a couple of great performances, but the movie didn't do anything. And then Eastern Promises, it was like, yeah, same thing. Didn't do much, but at least there was a couple of really cool fight scenes. Mm-hmm. Now, that may be, that's probably my inane take. I just, it was a fun experiment to run for one year, but we didn't like walk away from it thinking, you know, these people really have their finger on the pulse. We should watch more of the stuff that's Oscar nominated. Right. <laughs> yeah, but you know, you guys are not sheep. People no. generally go... One thing, people, like, general audience people go, you know, this was Oscar night. If it wasn't true, they wouldn't put it on every damn piece of packaging and and, and, and art for the movie going forward after it happens. I get it. Like, I'm not, I'm not the kind of guy who's going to try to use the Oscar nominations as a, like, a a way to start a conversation and pick up a girl at Starbucks. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's, there's a, there's a. you, You may have been more successful with the girl at Starbucks if you did. (laughs) <laughs> it's possible <laughs> but but yeah. they have numbers backing their data you just point. have angry opinion that's all <laughs> it wasn't even anger i was just, it was just active disinterest in that particular uh-huh. um except for there with blood that w- that movie actually angered me but hey, every yeah. time you mention it i want to watch it even more yeah i know i know um <laughs> i remember walking away um thinking like i feel like i've seen Nearly 200 minutes of something very compelling and nothing happened. That sounds like a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. And I love that guy. So <laughs> like the whole time I was like, mm-hmm, and next. And then 
a minute later. Mm -hmm. And next. And that went on for 90 plus minutes. And then the film ended. I went, oh, oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) One day I'll have time to watch it. Uh, You're not going to be. What's the main guy's name? Uh, It's one of those three names. It's Daniel Day-Lewis. Thank you. Uh, He does. He does a phenomenal job. He he always does phenomenal. He did a phenomenal job in the movie. And there's the uh, the guy who played the preacher. Mm-hmm. I can't remember his name either. Okay. Uh, there's specifically the name where he's the preacher in like this 12 person church in the middle of a prairie, uh, like a Texas prairie that's an oil field uh, where he just lights up the fucking screen. And anytime those two are together, it's great. Anytime anything else is happening, I don't even remember what happened. Right. <sighs> Sorry. I'm, I'm I, good now. Side I need to see this movie and we need to talk about it on Patreon is what needs to happen. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to. All right. So what, what's just happened is I took out a shovel. It's been uh-huh. raining a lot recently, so it didn't take me long. Right. I took out some ground and I buried the soapbox and I put it in the ground and uh-huh. we'll, we'll uncover that shallow grave next time it needs to happen. All right, we'll get to digging because uh, DCU fan fam over on Twitter asks us, do you think <laughs> do you think WB will learn from lessons of years past and not overreact to Birds of Prey box office and sheep trashing them? Clearly not. I don't They've think they already changed over- the name. I don't think this is an overreaction, though. I think it's a good call. I think it's the only way to save it at this point. I don't think there's... Uh, People do not know what Birds of Prey means. They don't. I know. They know what Harley Quinn is. The starting numbers... Even if it's just... Even if it's just on... I I agree. The starting numbers are the high point. You're not going to beat those numbers, like, next weekend. It's almost unprecedented. I I actually don't... I don't know any example that's ever done it. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. It may be out there, but I've never seen it. So yeah, if this is if this is your starting number and you don't make any adjustments, what do you have to lose by changing the name? I get that. I'm kind of walking myself back a little bit on the like, you know what? Fuck it. Why not change the name? Go for it. Yeah. At least what's on screen, what is visually represented, and I have. You know what? Fuck it. Fuck me earlier. I have completely talked myself <laughs> into this. Look, man. Yeah, we, we. It's not a. It's not an issue of bad reviews because it's pretty pretty well regarded on on all the sites that I've seen. Um, anyone who's actually seen it enjoyed it audience reviews are high like word of mouth is phenomenal I think the thing where you couldn't buy tickets was weird I don't think yes. the marketing was particularly off because it's impossible to see a trailer for this film and not know that it's Harley centric it's just mm-hmm. impossible but the if you problem didn't, is people aren't even clicking on birds of prey because they don't know what the hell that means it's possible that part is possible sure. and the title is so long Harley Quinn is at the very end of that title you're not even going to get to it I get it. It I cuts get it. off I'm and everything. I'm fully on board the fuck me 40, fin- 40 minutes ago train right now. I'm conducting the train of, of, uh, of, of <laughs> I was wrong. We're going to do this. So yeah, I get it. That makes sense. Uh-huh. I'm talking myself into it. You know what? Why not? Because again, like the numbers aren't going to get any better. I mean, they might like, I think there's a lot of people who are going to ask their friends, Hey, was that, uh, so far this way? Like, I think if you, I think if you ask your like super conservative friend who didn't want to see this as a conservative, uh, it's not even that it's it's a certain type of person that's not even like in the conservative camp. Take take that out of the equation. My bad. Um, There's a certain kind of person who's like abhorrent, uh, like it it just uh, doesn't want to deal with like a girl power kind of movie. And they marketed it that way a little bit. So there's a certain person who's turned off by that outright. Um, Okay, take that person. I think if you. If you have two of those people and one of them goes to see this movie, I think the other one comes back and or the other one asks that one person about that a week later. And I think that one person says, like, yeah, I mean, it's just it's a it's an action movie. Don't worry about it. I think if you actually go see it, it doesn't come across that way. Mm-hmm. If that's a thing you're worried about, 
Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Change the title. I'm in. I'm done. <laughs> All right. Travis Hines uh, on Twitter asks, what's the worst Birds of Prey box office take you've seen thus far? For me, it was, it's Suicide Squad's fault. Oh, oh, I have, uh, I've seen a few. Um, the worst outright was they made these, uh, the, they made these ladies unsexy. So nobody wants to see it. That's, that was what I was going to say. Like I, there's, uh, there are a few assholes out there who've been putting up pictures side by side. One of Harley and even more, even skimpier clothes than she generally is in the comics. Yeah. And then of like maybe the most unflattering uh, behind the scenes set pick of Margot Robbie running down the street. And they said, they changed this from to this. And that's the, that's the reason why that no one wants to go see it because no, sorry. That's stupid. No, I'm of the mind that if you think the movie wasn't sexy enough, you need to rethink of how, how you think about women in movies. Honestly, like it's, it's, to me, it's pretty sexy that it was a bunch of women up there kicking, kicking fucking ass. But if that's not your thing, those were still a bunch of objectively, to me, very sexy people on screen. Mm-hmm. I think if you if you watch this movie, you walk away knowing that. If you were worried about this movie and, and you were if you were objecting to the sexiness of the actual characters, I think you had an agenda before you even thought about it and you're just folding this in. And that's on you. And you know what? I mean, I'm not going to judge you until you talk to me, but we're going to have something to talk about because that's probably on you. But or maybe the worst take I've seen is from the guy at work who was like, I don't want to see it because Margot Robbie looks fat. See, I think that folds into that. Well, not even I don't think it folds in. Like, I think that's the kind of guy who might go that way if he had enough effort. But I think that guy (laughs) didn't even have enough effort to do that. Just like for half a second on a screenshot, probably somewhere on one of those little pockets of the internet who thinks that way, saw some unglamorous screenshot of Harley and went, mm-hmm, yeah, not for me. Yeah, like, I'm sorry, you can't get a boner. It's, it's a movie. You're just going to go watch a movie now. And I promise you, <laughs> if it wasn't called Birds of Prey, or even if it was, and it was Hawkman, fucking Hawk and Dove's Hawk, and uh, some other bird character, uh, what, uh, What's that dude from uh, uh, the American whatever? Well, I don't know. Uh, American Gladiators? No, it's uh, part of the uh, Uncle Sam's crew. Oh, the All-Star Squadron. Yeah, the All-Star Squadron. Who's that dude? Um, just trying to pick another male bird character from the DC canon. I can't remember his name. <laughs> I can't either now. But you know who I'm talking about. You know that guy's out there. <laughs> yep. So imagine it was those three, and those were exactly the same characters. Right. Take away a little bit of the Joker background. We could just do Hawk and Dove. Even that. But if this was three dudes, one of whom had gone through a bad breakup where he was codependent and they had to face a bad guy and team up for a second, it would make no fucking difference for the the film. You Mm -hmm. would just replace the pronouns and change the character titles. The film goes the same. Yeah. Yeah, that hot take can go fuck itself. Um, Wait, I had one more. What was the question? I'll do this what's, one quickly. What's what, the worst what, Birds of Prey box office take you've seen thus far? Oh, okay. I can't remember it. I'm sorry. I thought that was the question. Um, eh, if I don't remember it, it's not worth remembering. Fuck it. Fair enough. Uh, <laughs> the Jokes on Stew asks, how does one reconcile loving Birds of Prey with also being a Joker-loving incel? Asking for a friend. <laughs> <laughs> In my experience, uh, I, I've, I, I've known a lot of... Uh, very nice uh lady uh loving gentle uh 
incels. I've known a lot of involuntary celibate, involuntarily celibate uh, people who weren't these uh, angry people who hate women for some reason. Not all of them are, are, are hate mongers. It is not necessary in the term. No. All right. Well, you know, you know how like <laughs> how Warner Brothers puts out these slates that says uh, unnamed DC project. Mm hmm. I think uh, I'm going to start referring to this movie as renamed DC project. Um, <laughs> I was thinking that <laughs> given the precedent that's been set now, we can just name them all that until about three weeks after they've aired. Right. All right. Renamed to DC project star Margot Robbie mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> is saying uh, that she wanted to make sure that Harley Quinn stayed a shitty person. She says, sometimes I'm like, this is not what she should do. I think there's the temptation to, at least in this version, because Kathy was definitely interested in seeing this more vulnerable version of Harley. We all wanted to see, like, what does Harley order for breakfast when she's hungover? What does Harley's apartment look like? We did want to see that real-life side of her, but I think there was a temptation. I think Kathy was loving the vulnerable, fun, and sweet version of Harley, and I had to keep being like, she's a bad person still. She can't be good. She's a shitty person. Yeah. Uh, and I did love the sandwich and the the shitty environs and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, for real. I mean, she's terrible. That was a good instinct. I, it's yeah, a, it's I love that balance, she sold though. the kid out. I love that she sold the kid out. Yeah. And even that line where she's still kind of like half uh, comatose. I guess I'm just a terrible person. Like, it's kind of... Even one of the weaker lines to me, but it still uh, was the right sentiment at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Margot Robbie's also saying she's still pushing for a Poison Ivy uh, team up. She wants to do Harley and Ivy. Fuck she yes. Says, I've been working really work. Bleh. I've been really working that angle for a long time because obviously Ivy and Harley have such an incredible relationship. So I would love to explore that. If you read the comics, you know that Poison Ivy and Harley have an intimate relationship. In some comics, they convey it as a friendship. In other comics, you could see that they're actually sexually involved as a couple. I've been trying to... I would love to have Poison Ivy thrown into the universe because the Harley and Poison Ivy relationship is one of my favorite aspects of the comics. So I'm looking to explore that on screen. Yeah, I'm on board. Hard. Me too. Me Sounds too. great. And I mean, uh, I've seen it in uh, DC Universe right now with the Harley uh, animated series, and it it's fantastic. Yep. And that uh, is even if you don't like this series, I'll bet that's one of the things you like about this series so far. Yeah. And renamed DC Project director Kathy Yan also wants a Harley and Ivy movie, mm-hmm. <laughs> or at least very at the very least wants to see that relationship play out on screen. Uh, she said uh, she told the rap that. Um, so she says, I, I think I, I think people aren't ready to let go of Harley Quinn quite yet. And, you know, Margot, uh, I don't think she's ready to let go of Harley Quinn either. So hopefully. And uh, I I don't think they are. I, I just think it has to be marketed correctly and put out at the right time of year. And I'm not sure it was this time. But, hope I mean, we'll see what happens. Uh, hopefully good word of mouth and uh, a change in title. We'll do it. And the Birds of Prey cast, uh, Smollett Bell and and uh, um, Rosie Perez. They said they wanted uh, Oracle and Poison Ivy in the next one, so I, I would love to see it. Yeah, Smollett I, Bell even mentioned Lady Shiva. I'm not opposed to any of these things, um, mostly because I've enjoyed what I've seen in this universe and wouldn't mm-hmm. mind any more of any of it. Yeah, and now, to this me, is... I'm 
I I know this is not like a zero sum game where you have limited resources. If they want to make it, they can just make it. Uh huh. I know. But you know what? I someone asked them about it, and I I, I love the idea. Uh huh. Of a Wonder Woman Birds of Prey crossover. Oh hell yeah! Everyone seems down. I'm like, yeah, shit should have been Wonder Woman and the Birds of Prey, right? <laughs> <laughs> do gotham city sirens and wonder woman and the birds of prey in the same year those are two separate movies mm-hmm. how about i love this movie though so i you know yeah and now i really I like this one and i find myself apologetically unapologetically liking this movie i i now feel panic because i want to go to walmart and see if i can find a poster and get the posters that say birds of prey and the fantabulous emancipation of one harley oh, quinn before? before all the posters yeah. say harley quinn birds of prey yeah yeah that's fair <laughs> if, if it takes off afterwards that will be vintage yeah that'll be one of those things 35 years from now like you know they uh they renamed it in the first week right yeah actually you know what the trivia will be it will say that uh which DC film was uh, renamed twice during production and even after, and it will be this movie because it was originally named Birds of Prey, and mm-hmm. then after that first uh, <clears throat> push, it was called Birds of Prey. Uh, yada yada, ridiculously yeah. long long title, Harley Quinn. In the, anyway, and then now it's being uh, reversed almost. Mm-hmm. It has named it. Yeah, it has been named three things at this point. Is it not? I, I, I don't know that it was ever officially just named Birds of Prey, actually. I'm quite sure it was. I think it was just perfectly willing to be wrong, but quite sure it was. I don't think it was officially named just Birds of Prey. But no, no, I, think... I, I, I literally said in pre-production. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, over to the Batman. We're going to move on to the Batman for a second. Sounds good. Uh, Peter Sarsgaard's role has officially been revealed. He is going to be Gotham City District Attorney Gil Coulson. I gotta look there up what Skarsgård that is real quick. No, it's a it's Sarsgaard. We've we've been through this. Sarsgaard. This is the yeah, guy. No, this, this is he's not a Skarsgård. He's a <clears throat> Sarsgaard, and he a, was a Sarsgaard, not a Skarsgaard. Here, yeah, right. He was the uh, villain in Green Lantern. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, that that character is isn't in existence in the DC Comics universe. So nope. And uh, okay. A lot of people think that he's really playing Harvey Dent, but this is all a ruse. And uh, Jamie Lawson, the the girl that everyone thought, oh, she's playing Batgirl. Well, her her role has been um, revealed to be mayoral candidate Bella Rial, another mm. whole cloth character, as far as I can tell. Yeah, that that's not ringing any bells. Yeah. Now, uh, Batman composer Michael Giacchino, mm-hmm. and also composer of all the other things, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, says he has seen the Batman uh, suit. He says. Uh, it's going to be a very different version of the of the character, different from everyone else's. He says, it's a little crazy at times, but I get to work on the films I love to work on. I love those big sort of event films, Star Trek, Star Wars, all the, all the Marvel stuff. I love all of those. It's really fun to be a part of those because that's what I loved as a kid. And now to look back and see all those things, every one of those movies is something that I either had a, a comic book of or watched the movies as a kid. And it's just so weird to be a part of it. Um... <laughs> And now he's in the middle uh, of beginning some stuff for Batman. He says, that is a really fun part. uh, Sorry, a really fun thing to be a part of because, again, I loved Batman, as we all do. Yeah. I mean, that's Um, the dream, though. Getting to be a part of this at this point. Hell yeah. So so it's just fun to be a part of taking it and doing your own version of it. And uh, they aim to do something different. He says, Matt and I have talked about this for well over a year now. 
We're like best friends, so we talk all the time anyway. So this is just a normal part of our conversations. Nice. Wouldn't it be cool if we did this? Wouldn't it be cool? Or wouldn't it be fun if we did this? Let's take it in this direction, do something different. So what we're trying to do is to take it and do our version of it, the thing that we would want to do, and hopefully this is different from everyone else's. And uh, he said he's always loved looking at the comics, seeing everyone's different take on Batman. He says you get a comic book series, and it would be a whole new take on the character, and that was always fun to do. And I feel like we're part of the whole of that whole tapestry at this point. Um, he thought that uh, Pattinson was the right fit for Bruce Wayne from day one. He says he's an amazing actor. He's an incredible actor. And in this business, you get pigeonholed for one thing. And if it goes off well, then that's the only thing you're going to be known for. For someone like him, that's really not a fair assessment. He's an amazing actor who can do pretty much anything. And that's what I'm excited about, to see him in this role doing something different. And uh, when he was asked if he had seen the Pattinson suit, with a laugh and a smile, reportedly, he says, I've seen it. <laughs> I just love I like the guy's. That. I love the guy's spirit. I love the guy's. Uh, I like enthusiasm the, for it. I like the cockiness too. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I like it. Uh, yep. <clears throat> I may be the only one who's rooting for uh, because it's going to be a, a kind of a year one story, right? Uh, we uh, it's an early in Batman's career story. We don't know if it's an actual year oh, one I don't, story. Sorry, I I just mean year one the sentiment that he's getting started. I don't mean. Uh, yeah, it may not be that exact plot. Um, right. I just mean that he's getting started. Some part of me is just kind of hoping for a couple of wardrobe malfunctions. Mm-hmm. Like, I kind of want him to, like, have a cape for the first time and that backfire somehow. And, be, and and just, like, young Batman looking at the cape going, fuck. <laughs> just having to deal yeah. with it. Yeah. Now, uh, speaking of the costume and everything, J. Scotty St. Clair, our newest patron, <laughs> by the way, on, uh, on, on Twitter Again. asks... Asks us, uh, says, Jacqueline Duran won the costume design Oscar for her work on Little Women. Her next project is Matt Reeves' The Batman. Which comic runs and artist designs do you hope she draws the most inspiration from when creating the look and feel of Batman, Riddler, Catwoman, and Penguin? Oh, that's, I leave that entirely to you. Oh. Um, as for Batman, I would say um, probably, n- let me see, let me think. Norm Brayfogle and um, Lee Bermejo, <laughs> as far as the art and the design work. Um, I like and the this angles. Is why of, I'm, leaving it, I'm leaving it to you. Yeah, um, I love the angles. I recognize at, those names. I'd have right. to look through to. Well, Lee Bermejo did damned. Lee Bermejo did damned. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Got that. Uh, he also did Luthor. He did Joker. Oh. Yeah. All right. So I know that style. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Norm Brayfogle, I I want to say you have a Norm Brayfogle on your wall. Yeah, I very well might. I with, wouldn't know with, if I with, with Batman in an alley standing in the rain? Oh, I do, yeah. Yep, that's a Brayfogle. Um, so, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, uh, Detectives 587 from June of 88. Yep, got that on the wall. Yep. I'm a big I'm a big Brayfogle fan. I really like a lot of his angles. Um, yeah, it kind of reminds me of Spawn, the way the cape goes. just keeps going and there's endless tears mm-hmm. to it. Yeah. Um, though I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't go so far as to say Kelly Jones, but it would be interesting. I think if they shot, if they did different designs throughout the movie and showed it from different bad guys perspectives, Mm -hmm. like when you meet Batman in the alley, like maybe all of a sudden he has like five foot long ears and looks like the max muscular. Yeah. Like the max Batman, like Sam Keith, uh, Kelly Jones, whatever. There's a name I know. Yeah. And then, you know, you 
you see a different version of the character, a, a little bit of, um, a, a little bit like uh, playing with perspectives, just seeing the different guys. Uh, it reminds me of, um, I think that movie was called I'm Not There, the Bob Dylan pick, where it's like different people of different races and, and, yeah. <laughs> and styles played them. I think it was them. called I'm Not There as well. Yeah. Uh, a little bit delightful. like that, but based on different people who are encountering Batman. Um, but I'm a weirdo. It would probably be too cowardly to do it and if I actually had a Batman movie to make myself. <laughs> Honestly, uh, I could swear we've talked about this at least uh, conceptually at times. Like, I think mm. that was what Ayer wanted to do a little bit. Mm, Those encounters with him, like with Batman being this big bad uh, to them. Right. I, I think there was some instinct like that yeah now uh riddler catwoman and penguin uh penguin i am always i'm gonna go one of two directions one the more classic new adventures of batman take uh where he's just sort of in a tux and he's running the the ice iceberg lounge yeah or um, dapper i would actually yeah i i want some like a dapper an actual like classy like expensive version of badger from firefly yes exactly that um well, yeah so but with a little more guile yeah sure like badger from firefly his character in particular like uh he's got the nice quip about the will keeps turning and all that but uh mm-hmm. that only matters to the people on the rim and everything but mm-hmm. the, you always get the sense that he's a bit of a huckster mm-hmm. i i would like to see and i think this there's an opportunity here for a version of like a calm collected I know what cards I'm holding and you don't have anything like this kind of dapper because he chooses to be. Yeah. Because that's the environment that he wants to put on because that's what he's comfortable with, you know? Yeah. Uh, as for Word. as for Catwoman, I think I'm going to go with the Darwin Cook Catwoman that has the goggles and it's more of a functional cat suit as opposed to just skin tight bullshit. Yeah. And... Um, for Riddler, I gotta go ninety two Bruce Tim. Like the original Batman the animated series. He's got the he's got the suit, he's got the mask, he's got the little cane. It's a good one. Yeah. Kind of grounded. But uh yeah, I think that's what I would do. Um have you seen the most recent Riddler in the books? Is that the one with the sideburns and Oh no, that's the one from the the War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, well, that yeah, that was like year zero, zero that was a couple year years ago though. Zero year and War of Jokes and Riddles. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, uh, that was from zero year too. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, that was that was a couple of years ago. <clears throat> Just a quick sidebar. Um, the the Riddler in the War of Jokes and Riddles kind of lost in a way. Of course, of course. <laughs> the Joker kind of also lost, but not not fully. Mm-hmm. And Batman definitely didn't win, but did. Okay. That's how I recall it. Um, it went into, it was part of the, the, the uh, Tom King run. And uh, I, it just the current Riddler. Mm-hmm. It, like if I showed you a picture of this guy, you would be like, you'd be like, fuck, just go fuck yourself. <laughs> okay. Now I kind of really want to see it. I think I know your sensibilities a little bit. And uh and enough that I think if I sent you this picture, you you would tell me that. Send me but the picture. No, I well, I mean, we've I built to... it up. I gotta know now. All right. Well, buy some time. I'll find you the picture. What it, what what is it from? No, that's not true. All right, look up Batman eighty seven. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Batman eighty seven. Riddler. 
I mean, I I braved Venom Riddler from Nightfall, for God's sake. I should be able to figure. <laughs> no. I no. tolerated the, you know, return to Frank Gorshin Riddler from, from the new Batman Adventures. I mean. Yeah. And a, a bit of it in Tim Sale's <laughs> version. Does he have scoliosis? What's happening? <laughs> so you see it. You want the backstory real quick? Just real quick. Okay. This is a Riddler who, uh, to some extent, lost the war, retreated, uh-huh. put himself in a confined box, and uh, has been eating minimally for months and has taken like what the book calls military level, uh, I'm paraphrasing, military level uh, 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 amphetamine enhancements. Uh-huh. Is the and point has, that his spine be shaped like a question mark? Yes. And, by the way... <laughs> And uh-huh. has riddlerized those where he apparently took that dose and said, yeah, but we could do this and upped the dose of that, mm-hmm. uh, by the way. And it, once you point out his spine, uh, there's a Christopher Titus joke about how popes eventually get so old, they become a, an, a pope, a, a, an, a pope, how they, how's he put it? An apopestrophe. Oh, that's funny. An yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. So this Riddler <laughs> has confined himself to this room, done nothing but fucking amphetamines for the better part of a year, at least, and has installed uh, security devices on everything that has a pulse in the entire... every Everything that has electricity to it, like every light uh, switch, uh, every uh, walk sign, every uh, everything he could put on. And he's just been sitting there like, in this world, he's been sitting there... Uh, Finding the equation, I guess he'd put it, mm-hmm. um, of what's happening next in Gotham. And he actually does find it, even though he looks like a meth head version of Riddler. He does. Like, this is meth head Riddler. <clears throat> yeah, I'm I'm not against it necessarily. It's just, it's a surprising take, but... I it's mean, a what surprising do you, take. What do you do to make Riddler interesting? I don't, I don't know either. I mean, in story, it makes sense because he's, in this version, he's some... Uh, He's basically turned himself into a supercomputer where he's just like digesting every car that goes through every traffic light, every mm-hmm. person who makes a transaction in a bank. I mean, he's uh, like, you remember in uh, the Arkham games where there's like the Riddler clues where he has blackmail on every person in the city. Right. This is who he would have to be to make that happen because there's yeah. no fucking way he could do it any other way. I mean, my personal, I think my, my idea of what makes Riddler work is that he's a grounded villain. And he's just maybe one of the smartest men alive, maybe the fourth or fifth on that list, but is just incredibly handicapped by his his own strange, uh, well, not even his ego so much as his his own strange uh, predilection towards making everything into a damn riddle. Like if he didn't have to like acquiesce to that impulse, he probably would actually be a, a formidable foe. They uh, actually, they tie that into what's happening right now in Batman. Well, that's cool. All right. The the premise of what is happening in Batman uh, post Tom King. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let, me, let me find the art, uh, the, the writer at least. Uh, you know, writer and artist, because fuck it, why not? Um, oh, sorry. It's Kenny and the Fourth. I knew that. Right. Um, the, new, uh, the new story is that there's a shell game mm-hmm. to take Batman down. Mm-hmm. There's a uh, there's an outside force called the designer who is uh, trying to make it happen. And you would think it was Bane if they hadn't already pulled that card. But uh, apparently it was the brainchild of Catwoman, Joker, 
Penguin and Riddler sitting in a room and saying, how could we actually make this happen? Mm-hmm. Which sounds like a formidable set of foes. Yeah. A little surprised Catwoman's involved. Um, she tried to bail on it, if I understand correctly. Mm. But she was aware of it. All right. I'll get to it one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> All right. Uh, over, to, to, <laughs> over to the Suicide Squad. Uh, Margot Robbie says the Suicide Squad is rooted in the source material. She says, I can tell you that it's going to be incredible. And again, it's just interesting to see what a different filmmaker makes of Gotham and these characters and Harley, really. I'm fascinated by what James Gunn finds interesting in her compared to what Kathy Yan finds interesting compared to what David Ayer found interesting about her. Uh, James is such a comic book lover. He's going to, so it's going to be rooted in the source material, which is always important to me. You get to see the other side of Harley. It's interesting. You keep uh, getting to meet her at different points in her life, as if a couple of years have gone by. Of course, the films aren't directly connected, but as an actor, I can map it out in a chronological sense. So it's fun to see, okay, what was she like a couple of years ago when she was with Mr. J? What is she like now, after they've broken up? And what is she going to be like in another couple of years' time? I love seeing her at these different stages of her life. So uh, get ready for... uh, (laughs) <laughs> soon to be renamed DC Project <laughs> starring Margot Robbie and directed by James Gunn mm-hmm. be called Harley Quinn the Suicide Squad <laughs> right um, and over to some quick Batgirl stuff there's been a lot of uh, folder all a lot of uh, rumor about uh, book smart star uh, Caitlin Deaver playing um, Barbara Gordon and in a recent interview with Variety On the actual uh, Oscars red carpet, uh, she was asked about it. She says, I'm not going to deny anything because uh, I would be down. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Throwing it out there. (laughs) It happens, it happens. I'd be down for that. I'm good. I I saw Booksmart. It was was kind of a weird movie. It wasn't really my thing necessarily, but uh, she was good in it. I didn't see it, but yeah, I'll roll with you. Yeah. All right, um, let's see. Wobbly Boots 85, our good buddy Nathan, before we go to break, real quick and, and then head over to television. Nathan wants to know, if you are possessed by dead man, is there a possibility you could get him out with a hearty fart? I would say only if you're John Constantine. What do you think? <laughs> I'm going to go with a serious yes. Okay. So just only make sure because... you eat a little a bag of crystals before you get possessed by dead man. Only because of Little Taco Bell. No, the recent damned series. I I've I haven't read this anywhere else. Um, but it was uh, a, 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 I don't know. It was a way they used him in the recent damned series. Mm-hmm. He couldn't go into a body too long because he would poison that body. Right. In that sense, like it, it genuinely made it seem like it was like f- getting food poisoning to have him in you. Mm-hmm. Like, I think he got into a dog for half a second and just kind of uh-huh. threw up all over the place. All right. So it seems absurd, but I'm pretty sure that that's actually not too far from the case. God, leave it to you to give a, a serious answer to that question. I may be entirely wrong. I mean, I don't know. I don't think I am. Short of that, I would say, no, no, come on, we can do better. But yeah, <laughs> with this, maybe, uh huh, just fucking I, maybe. I can't do better. I'm low brow all the way. All right, 
We'll be right back. We're heading off to break for just a second. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC. All righty. We're about to get down on a little bit of TV news before we sign off. Uh, first, though, uh, a really tough question from Chris Balga on the World's Finest True Believers podcast. Uh, sends us this one. If you were given the opportunity to choose any DC property, not Wonder Woman, Superman, or Batman to write, show run, and or direct, what would it be? Would it be a movie or TV streaming show? What is your pitch? God, that's... I- I almost wrote him back to say we'll tackle this on another episode because damn. That's so much fun to answer. You want to go first? Um, I think, uh, well, I think we somewhat tackled this a little bit in uh, DC movies we'd uh, we'd like to see. I think that's called. Yeah, DC films we want to see. With uh, We did a crossover with F.E. Ophelders of Stealing the Remote. It was a fantastic yep. episode. Episode yep. 425. Um, we talked a lot about this. But I think at this point, if someone gave me the reins of doing anything, I would do a 1940s uh, retro futuristic Adam Strange show. Everything would look like it was out of Fleischer or uh, Flash Gordon or something like the old Flash Gordon. And uh, it would probably be eight to ten episodes I would pitch and there would be a mystery around it. And uh, yeah, there would be... uh, the guy, I can never remember his damn name. The guy that developed the Zeta Beam. Oh, I can't remember it either. Um, we, we'd have like real, there would be like a real uh, possibility that he was he was a bad guy. I can't remember it either. Yeah. But I'd leave it ambiguous. Sardath. Sardath. Um, Sounds good. Yeah, it's Sardath. <laughs> it fits. It's, so, I've only run across it a few times. We'd have like a... a We'd have like a mystery going where Sardath was under suspicion first to us, the audience, and then later to Adam. And of course, he's got to, uh, you know, make his Sardath's daughter see that, you know, something's, something's down with her dad, something's wrong, which causes all manner of problems between the two of them. Uh, and, you know, that's, that, that's his boo, so that's going to be a problem. Uh, but then it would actually be like whether or not Sardath was bad. Mm-hmm. It would eventually lead to the to the Ron Thanagarian War. You have to get there eventually. Yeah, I mean you'd no have how to. You do this. You'd have to, but I don't. I wouldn't want it to look. Uh, I would want all of the technology to be like toggle switches. I want it to look like it came straight out of the like the forties and fifties, man. Like there's no holographic displays. The the starships look, you know. Uh, almost ridiculous in in how much but do it with good special effects like just do like sky captain in the world of tomorrow type of uh like almost almost a steampunk type of thing but yeah that's what i would do that's what i would do if if someone just <laughs> and, and gave me the reins to do anything i mean the reins to do anything would be <clears throat> god it's a lot um i'm just gonna name the first two things that occur to me because uh, so many things might occur to me like, in a way, I would like to answer this question all the time. 
because I kind of do that in my head all the time anyway, so mm-hmm. why not? Um, one uh, Booster Gold. Yeah, that would be my that would be my uh, my answer if you and I were working together on it. We would do Blue Beetle and Booster Gold. I mean, yeah, we would. That that would be a fun buddy comedy to write. Mm-hmm. I think um, there's just a lot you can do, and the the premise really doesn't have any stop to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can you can fit it wherever you can fit it into whatever universe you want to fit it into. I mean, no matter where you do it, Booster is somebody who was already in the future and just comes back, and it, he, depending on your vision of how time works, he kind of to the point that he comes back can't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Because there's always a solution for how he fucked that up, such that he became the same person he was, so that he came back later. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Or you can do the multiversal thing where you're like, yeah, whatever. He came back, fucked it up, and split the timelines, and we'll just deal with that later. Right. Uh, but everybody he interacts with, uh, fantastic. Also, the uh, the idea that he's just some some dude who's like brightest days were in high school, and he never quite surpassed them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that sounds like a lot of fun to write in a certain way. Absolutely. My yeah. Sorry, I'm I'm gonna go for a second here because I'm torn. Kyle okay. Rayner. Oh yeah. I just have always wanted a Kyle Rayner, and I think if you had the budget to do it as a movie, it'd be a lot of fun. But mm-hmm. like literally, someone who draws for a living, an illustrator, given that fucking ring, uh, your CGI department is gonna have a heart attack slash a boner at the same time. Like that, that's how they're gonna die. As uh, like uh, preapism. Uh, <laughs> It's it's a lot it, like it's a lot to to give somebody with that much imagination that ring. I mean, they can do so much. Uh, he eventually becomes uh, Ion, if I remember the name correctly. Like, he, yeah, uh, he's the equivalent of only parallax. Like he he at one point, Kyle Rayner is one of the most powerful people in the entire universe, barring none. Yeah, wasn't he like a White Lantern or something, or like the White Lantern? Or oh shit, when they start changing colors, yes, I don't yes, know, yeah, man. yeah, like one of the White Lanterns that brought it back in the Jeff Johns run, I think, yes. Yeah, they're they're like Kyle Rayner is to DC Comics as uh, Tommy Oliver is to the Power Rangers. Yes, he's like the most powerful <laughs> son of a bitch ever. <laughs> in the right circumstances, he is he is something the fuck else. In normal circumstances, though, he's just. Like, like he reminds me of uh, how many people did you meet in college that were just uh, some dude who draws a lot and really wants to make a living and doesn't really know how to make that work. It was just me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's true. Surely you met somebody else. <clears throat> no, everyone else seemed to know how to make a living. I <laughs> <laughs> No, I, actually, that's a good point. Everyone else seemed to know how they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone else who was just drawing I was a, and, I was and being like, about I'm going to make this work for me. I, I, there are plenty of ways to make that work for you. But being an illustrator is a difficult job. I, like, I like the idea of someone like him who's an illustrator. He likes to draw all that. But all the imagination and specifically the visual element. That's my favorite mm-hmm. part of it. Mm-hmm. That you have all that at your disposal and then they give you that fucking ring. Oh my God! The the possibilities. Yeah. The possibilities. I mean, it would be different. Like it, if if you're sitting there facing a squadron of a thousand people and it's just you, like your gut might be like, "Go to a Gatling gun. We're gonna mow them all down." And then for him, it might be like, uh, 
here's a bird of 7,000 feathers and they all disperse at once. Whatever. Whatever the fuck. It's a fucking power ring. It all hits the mm-hmm. same. You just imagine it differently. Uh, that that to me is very exciting. Like I would love to have the reins on uh, just what he could do for a second. Just for yeah. a fucking second. Yeah. I'd be he happy is to see potentially it. one of the most powerful people in that universe. Agreed. That'd be cool. I'd also love to do a firestorm, but you know, I've always thought that firestorm had the had the uh, the Ronnie Raymond firestorm or Jason Rush. I, I loved the uh, the solo Jason Rush that uh, Damian Scott drew. Um, his that solo run was fantastic, um, and I, I'd probably want to do a passing of the guard at some point. But I'd want to start out with Ronnie Raymond. And, but I loved uh, Firestorm and just thought that he was the DC equivalent of of Spider Man for a long time, many years, and just mm-hmm. like I. I thought it was, you know, Spider-Man always had Uncle, uh, that big floating Uncle Ben head above his head, you know, like always going like, with great power, right? great right. responsibility. But in the comics, like, Ronnie Raymond also had, like, Professor Stein's giant floating head going, what are you doing, Ronald? With <laughs> 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 great power. Shut up. Shut up, Stein. I kind of like that, though, because it was more... Um... I don't know. It was more instructive than before, like mm-hmm. some memory of with great po- power and so on. And then you get to Stein, who's like, what are you doing wrong? You know, yeah. if those two chemicals interact. It's going to create a, a greater explosion. If you change them instead to uh, to this and this, you, you'll, you'll actually reverse the effect and blah, blah, blah. That's useful. Yeah. That is some useful shit. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like the idea of basically Peter Parker not being able to get rid of Uncle Ben in his head. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> yeah, it would not yeah. be very, very much like the Legends version. Uh, it would, uh, yeah. But I would, I would like to do Firestorm too. Anyway, I'm going to move on to actual news here. Uh, I'll also put in the show notes the link to that episode we did with Effie Off Pelleters, where we talked a whole bunch of other DC movies and stuff we'd like to see. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we're getting something special though. Crisis on Infinite Earths. Uh, traditionally the crossovers haven't been able to all be released on, on the Blu-rays because of the unions and, and everything. It's a mm-hmm. union nightmare. But Crisis on Infinite Earths is going to be released on Blu-ray with a catch. <laughs> all right. It will be released on Arrow's final season, Blu-ray set, and the Arrow Complete Series release on a separate disc. Mm-hmm. And that is the only place you will get all of those things together. All of those episodes, every part of the crossover together. All right. Let me make sure I understand you. So uh, five hours of crossover. Mm-hmm. That's on one set? It will be on two different sets. The season eight yeah. slash final season Blu-ray set of Arrow. So I was hoping I misunderstood you. All right. So it's going to be... The Crisis minus Arrow, and then Season 8 of Arrow. No. In its entirety, every part of the Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover will only be available on the Arrow Final Season Blu-ray set or the Arrow Complete Series Blu-ray set. Not the DVDs, but the Blu-rays. But even streaming, even streaming, you know, all the episodes will be available on Netflix, except for the Batwoman episode which will be on hbo max so the only place to get them all together is going to be the either the arrow final season blu-ray set or the arrow complete series set blu-ray 
<sighs> yeah, I, I, I hoped I was mishearing you, and then when I heard you again, it was worse than I thought I was mishearing you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sorry. That's ridiculous. So, bottom line is, right now, while it's available, just mm-hmm. go watch John CW while it's all still sitting there on the site. If it is, yeah. It is, at the moment. Okay. Um, I don't know if you need to rip it. I don't know what you need to do. But, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to buy uh, the, I'm going to wind up getting the Blu-rays anyway. Apparently, you have to rip it. Ah, it's fucking ridiculous. You can't get that separate, but eh. I think that'll change hmm. over time. All right. So, uh, what's next for Diggle? We got a little bit of uh, news there. Uh, not a whole lot. Guggenheim told comicbook.com. Uh, as for whether or not Diggle is going to be on the Superman show, he says it's definitely above my pay grade uh, insofar as I am not running Superman. I will say that David, Greg, and I have had discussions about all things Diggle and David post-Arrow in terms of his involvement both in front and behind the camera. We have a lot of ideas that we are very excited about, but I always try to avoid commenting on shows I don't run. I mean, that's fair. So I'm just happy David Ramsey is being thought of. They have plans for the guy. Yeah. This was really exciting, and I don't know. We didn't talk about it, and I didn't even, like, I saw it, and it didn't register with me. Mm-hmm. You remember in the Arrow series finale when Roy uh, proposes to Thea on that rooftop? Mm-hmm. Do you remember a billboard in the background? Nope. There was a billboard in the background that said Van Wayne Enterprises. Sweet. Van Wayne is Bruce's younger cousin mm-hmm. from Powerless. <laughs> mm-hmm. That NBC sitcom that didn't last very long. So Guggenheim says, when we have to cover uh, something up or have a billboard or something, We've conditioned the art department to recognize it as an Easter egg opportunity. And they'll contact us and say, listen, we're putting up a billboard here. What Easter egg do you want to put in the billboard? And we got that phone call. And by that point, I was done with crisis and Easter egged out. So in terms of the <laughs> amount of approvals. I like in terms, Easter egged out. <laughs> yeah. In terms of the amount of approvals and everything else I need to do in order to get these Easter eggs in. So I basically just cried mercy. And I just called up Dan Evans at DC and said, okay, Easter egg opportunity. Give me a pitch. Because I was just like, anything that Dan pitches, I know is by virtue of him pitching it, already approved. I'm like, that's great. And that was his idea. I love the show Powerless. And that was one of the shows that we couldn't get into the crossover. So I was like, great, let's do that. So the final episode of Arrow, I guess, confirms that... Pa- the powerless universe. The powerless universe got folded into Earth Prime. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> I'm also loving this, uh, like juxtaposed to. You remember a few years ago when there was Wayne in the background uh-huh. of I think an Arrow shot, mm-hmm. and it was a big deal because oh my god, blah 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 blah. And no, no, I think that was actually on Gotham, and it was a oh, it was a stock right. shot was from Warner Brothers, and they saw Queen consolidated in the background. Yeah, right. one of the it was shots. the other way around. It was Gotham right. and Queen. and uh, <laughs> I, I don't need you to assure me. It was <laughs> negative one to everything I was saying. Uh, yeah, so that was like a, 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 a big deal. Of, oh, my God, blah, blah, blah. And the funny part was they came back with some explanation about like, well, no, not really. We, we just drag backgrounds out of other shows sometimes. And this is what we came up with. This was yeah. just here and no one noticed. That was a doctored stock shot from Warner Brothers. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, sorry. We got your hopes up. Don't worry about it too much. Um, 
kind of fun. Kind of fun to think about that uh, with with this explanation. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, pretty sweet. Yeah. So there was there's a uh, a report coming around from uh, some some place I think it's called Prime Timer, and I don't know how how legit this is, but it's interesting. Uh, they they have uh, plot details uh, for Superman and Lois, sort of a, a synopsis. And it says, uh, as the series opens, Lois Lane is still working at the Daily Planet. Clark Kent has just been fired following a massive layoff plan at the Journal. His father, Jonathan Kent, is no longer with them, while his mother, Martha Kent, is living alone on the farm where he grew up in Smallville. They have twins, Jonathan and Jordan Kent, who are 13 and very different, both physically and otherwise. Jonathan is the popular one, an all-star athlete who's about to enter the varsity team, while Jordan is more introverted, anxiety-prone, and very much into computers and video games. They don't know who their father really is, yet and they may or may not have inherited his powers. Lois's father, General Samuel Lane, is in the picture and knows about Clark. Lana Lang is also a big part of the show. She's a banker, still living in Smallville, with, a, with her husband, Kyle Cushing, a firefighter, and their daughter, Sarah, who's 14, and younger Sophie, who's 8. They are in a dark place. Kyle is a drunk, and Sarah tried to take her own life a year ago. The story uh, also says that the primary antagonist in the, in, in the show will be The Stranger, who I just assume will wind up being Jor-El like it was in the comics. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, that or would be... Phantom, if luck dawns it upon us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'd be okay with all that. They they did, uh, they have officially cast the 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 sons. It was Jordan Elsass and Alexander Garfin as uh, Jonathan and Jordan Kent. Haven't seen them? Let me guess. Dark-haired. Uh, I think one of them's kind of fair-haired, but, um... I mean, like a lighter brown, maybe, but, uh, I, you know, they, they're on things. Little uh, Hulu's Little Fires Everywhere uh, for Elsass, and um, Garland was nominated for an Annie Award for voicing Linus in the Peanuts movie. All right. <laughs> not so. stuff on our radar, but... <laughs> yeah. And speaking of just, like, but, not on our know. radar. Okay. Doom, Good background. Doom, yeah. Doom Patrol cast uh, Chief's daughter, Dorothy, mm-hmm. and... I think it's funny because they didn't let us see her face in in the finale. They made a point of it. Yeah, they made a point of it. And now they've cast this girl who apparently I didn't even think to write down her name. Not that it matters because when you look her name up, like two or three different actresses show up and I can't and none of them have Doom Patrol on their IMDb or any of their credits. Nice. So still don't know, y'all. I just yeah, think it's fine. funny they made a point of like announcing this casting and you can't, you don't, there's no way to know who the hell she is. I mean, I guess if I really dug deep or something, but I'm not going to do that. No, I kind of want it to make sense though. Like she's uh, not a part of reality. She controls it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I would dig it so much if they, if they did that, but yeah, mm-hmm. hard to mount and kind of an insider joke. So whatever. Yeah. All right. Well, um, that's everything I have for the show. But we're done. How's that? Oh, that fast. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that fast. That fast, I don't mean, Jason. I don't mean to extend uh, an otherwise brief episode. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we take the least amount of news and turn it into a big old thing. <laughs> And in case you're a fan, it's the only reason I mention it. If you're a fan mm-hmm. of Gail Simone. Yeah, I forgot um, to mention that. I forgot to mention that. There, Go ahead there. and say it. Go ahead and say it. You uh, brought it to my attention. It was a couple hours ago on Twitter. Uh, 
whenever this is released. Uh, it's nine o'clock on the 10th of February. Uh, yeah. So a couple hours ago, someone asked her on Twitter. Um, I, I, I can find the actual words. They're abbreviated and terrible, but I can find the actual words. I got you. Uh, someone uh, asked, "Have if... you have you been called to mm-hmm. in, in, to be involved in Green Arrow and the Canaries?" And Gail Simone replied, "Not yet, but we've talked about it. Talked a bit, yeah. I talked a bit. Mm-hmm. That's exciting. I only say that because, yeah, if those two are talking, that's good news. That is good news if those two are talking. Gail Simone talking to any of these productions is good news to me. Yep, yep. Well, that's all I've got in other news." That's right. That's all I got. So, uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I forgot about that one. You sent that one to me before we started. And How dare you? It was like right before, and then we took like a million hours on the first story. <laughs> 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 I forgot, man. I'm sorry. And then my freaking for- internet went out. We had to change our recording. You forgot what show you were a part of. I, I don't even know who I am, much less what show I'm running. <laughs> we- can meander with the best of them. No, oh, I know. That's fair. Let's get out. All right, y'all. Remember, there's a Joker giveaway, and uh, you know what you got to do. You got to go leave us them reviews or share us on social media and let us know that you're entering the contest. Because otherwise, uh, no, you're not gonna get it. You're not gonna get anything. There's no, there's no hope. Yeah. Say hi to some other people. Then say hi to us. That's it. That's right. And uh, I don't know. The next time you see us, we may just—I uh, might just repost our, our uh, Birds of Prey review and call it Harley Quinn Birds of Prey review. No, we could now. <laughs> we could. <laughs> we could. It was a week's work. Yeah, just throw it up. Yeah. Anyway, until next time, y'all. Keep some DC on your screen. Bye. Our intro music is by Jason Goss and Michael Shackelford. Michael's band, Galactic Engineers of Magnetic Sounds, or GEMS, can be found on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. Visit DCOnScreen.com to find our Patreon, merch, contact information, and every episode of the show for free, including crossovers we've done with other podcasts. DC Onscreen is a maladjusted production. For more from me and Jason, including sketch comedy, vlogs, parodies, and our improvised web series Hey Guy, visit maladjusted.tv. around you that car you're driving that house your family lives in making your daughter laugh inspiring her to dream you did that teaching your son to drive teaching him he can be anything all you and your dreams for tomorrow you'll do that too legacies don't just happen they are made by you the important word being you american family insurance protecting your dreams as you achieve them insure carefully dream fearlessly products not available in every state american family mutual insurance company si and its operating companies american family life insurance company 6000 american parkway madison wisconsin better banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99 percent apr rate on a home equity line of credit from first commonwealth bank to turn your bathroom into your wow i love this bathroom bathroom 0.99 percent introductory apr for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on wall street journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99 percent and a maximum rate of 18 percent offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender. First Commonwealth Bank. Member FDIC. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? 
It's uh, actually Geico's. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Better Banking is getting an unbelievable 0.99% APR rate on a home equity line of credit from First Commonwealth Bank to turn your bathroom into your, wow, I love this bathroom, bathroom. 0.99% introductory APR for six months that adjusts to a variable rate based on Wall Street Journal prime rate plus or minus a margin with a minimum rate of 2.99% and a maximum rate of 18%. Offer subject to change or withdrawal at any time. Call 1-800-711-2265 for details about credit costs and terms. Equal housing lender, First Commonwealth Bank, member FDIC.